it again with another episode of the Shades of Blue Soccer Show. We're not dead yet. We're still going. We are the KC Soccer Journal. My name is Cody Bradley. We have Thad Bell and Robert Russert here with me today. Gentlemen, how are you guys doing? How are you feeling after a big but kind of ugly 3-2 win for Sporting Kansas City? Nothing but positive, man. I mean, <laughs> Thad's a uh... Title says it all. That still has hope. Sporting still has hope. I mean, come on. That's not, to me, still has hope isn't very positive when we look at the table and we could still finish seventh. We're going to get more into that. <laughs> but Thad still, Thad still has hope is not quite as optimistic as Robert and I are right now. I think that's pretty optimistic for me. Okay. I still fair. have hope of making the playoffs. It takes at least a win and a little bit of help. So, I mean... You can see a bit of help. But uh, let's talk about the game. What is the big standout thing from this game for you, Thad? That they got the three points. I mean, it's just... It's all that matters. Yeah, this time of year, they've had games where they've looked pretty and lost, and they've had games... They needed games where they don't necessarily look great. They did look good at times. I mean, a man up, though, so... Robert, what happened in the second half? While up a man, Sporting Kansas City seemed to just look like they were trying to give the game away there in the final 15 minutes or so. Well, well, Cody, let's think back. When was it in the season when Robert Volater and Castellanos were <laughs> center backs? What time of the season was that? <laughs> gotta be in the midst of those first 10 games. It's gotta be. Perhaps. <laughs> Yeah, there's a reason. There's a reason for all of that, I guess. I mean, I'm not blaming it solely on those two, but, you know, you got Robbie who hasn't played much, and you got Casti who hasn't played a whole lot, and he comes in late. Uh, and then you've got Voltaire now at the six, where Rodoria had been there all match. Mm-hmm. So you've got your big three right there, kind of. Yeah, not necessarily have played together a whole lot, maybe in MLS matches. And yeah, so yeah, not right. a good situation. They have played some in. Uh the MLS next pro with SKC too. Yeah. Has Castellanos. Cause I actually looked that up. Uh, I scrolled very quickly during the game. Cause I was assuming he had played a lot with SKC too. And then I looked and all of his recent matches on, on fought mob were just on the bench for sporting. He hasn't played a lot for him, but he has played some. Well, what'd you think? How did he do in this showing? Okay. Uh, that first goal for RSL, I'm not holding, I'm not getting, putting blame on anybody. It yeah. was beautiful goal. Yeah. Right. And after, after that, you have the team needed to do better at protecting the back line and they didn't. So that can't always be on the center backs and they could have done a little better at a few things, but again, they got the points. Well, I'm just, I, what happened tactically that a man that had the advantage looked like the team that was down a man and we're just trying desperately to clear the ball out of our out of our side. Why could we not gain possession? Why could we not hold possession? It looked like we were the bad team that was at a disadvantage at the end. Because the other team was pushing. They were the ones desperate to get a, a tying goal. Uh, I mean, you, you can see this all the time when a team has played terribly all 
game and then the last 10 minutes they're all of a sudden good it's because they're yeah. they're now energized to go play harder because they know they need that point and that's pretty much what rsl was i mean they still had hopes of finishing higher in the seedings in the mm-hmm. standings and they were giving it at their all and sporting was taken they were not necessarily playing their best they were probably a little tired I, salt lake's not as high as denver but it's pretty high there's all those things come into play i'd been looking it up because i i thought i'd heard that salt lake was actually really good at home but they're not they're actually better on the road no they're oh, yeah, definitely rsl has a lot of very clever players like that like you said that first goal was just kind of a tip your cap goal and uh that's that's a pretty good team right there at the end of that game Part of the reason we couldn't get control of the ball was you could see it on our players, on the Sporting Kansas City players, that the tide had changed. And they were just a victim to the environment there and the wave that RSL had. And it was just almost on like every touch. Gotti Kinda had one moment that all he had to do was just turn around. He, he just settled the ball and turn around. And... He couldn't even do that. His first touch on the ball was just terrible, and he instantly gave the ball back right at the right at the top of the D. And he wasn't the only one. There were just these moments. The team just fell entirely victim to that to that environment change. Yeah, and like you guys have been saying, I mean, they're throwing numbers forward. We've got guys on the back line. Think about it too. Davis and Adenpe aren't used to playing with those two as center backs. If you notice, when Davis on the second to RSL goal. Davis's run that he made to recover was the opposite side he would normally go to because maybe he was used to playing with uh, Rosero, who would have played that different than uh, Castellanos or Bilotto. I don't remember if it was Robbie or Castellanos playing that ball. But, uh, yeah, so you got that factor in, too, I think, too. And like you said, that first goal was a wonder goal and just like, oh, maybe in their minds, like maybe it was an ours, Cody. Oh, shit. Yes. <laughs> this could This could implode on us right now. You know, so. <laughs> and my being as optimistic as I always am, I was sure that an equalizer was coming at the end of that game. <laughs> I had, well, thankfully, I had lost all of my confidence. We were talking in the Slack most of the game, uh, kind of already checking off this win when the game was three to one, and and it just felt it felt like, oh yeah, th- yeah, see, things were going too good. We'd already already registered this win in our heads and it just definitely felt like uh felt like that turn was coming well uh Savarino missed uh something he should have done better with and yeah. uh, castellanos did a good job of clearing some some balls out of the box so that was a good thing too but yeah and tim melia earlier in the game before it really oh, yeah. felt like it was something dangerous he had another massive save tim is still coming up with those big moments and all of these all of these close wins in this run up he's he's giving us all the moments that we were lacking the whole season without him now I, i'm not quite sure i mean i get it but you know we need to talk about uh tommy's goals and uh, all of sporting's goals because uh there's some definitely some changes occurring as far as, you know, we've been talking a lot about Davis attacking yeah. and Denpe. He had a nice, nice game this week. Logan winning that PK, that was that whole play, the whole run up was so well done. The first touch, the ability to get in front of the guy and body him off and, and sell the foul. It was a it was a good game from Logan. He looked pretty good tonight. Tonight. Yeah, I night. think I mentioned the Potter two ago that he's been stepping his game up aggressively on the attack more and uh Got the fruit of it last night for sure. Dad, what'd you think of Logan and Denbe last night? Oh, overall pretty good. Um, 
I mean, drew the foul, so that's really important. Drew the penalty. But, yeah, no, overall, pretty good until everybody was struggling at the end. So, Robert, you wanted you were talking about Eric Tommy and uh, and his and his goal. Beautiful, beautiful hit, I guess. But if the wall does it <laughs> does its job, we're just saying, well, that was a terrible shot right into the right into the face of the wall. Yeah, but I think it's more going back to the fact of how he drew the penalty. You know, yeah. Vermees drills into these guys, pressure, 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 pressure. And, uh, you know, Tommy was being a good soldier there and uh, definitely paid off. But, you know, Tommy hit the ball well. And, uh, you know, that's why the guy turned and got out of the way of it. Because <laughs> that ball was hit well. I don't blame him one bit. I've given a <laughs> lot of hate on Apple announcers this year and their lack of knowledge on the teams they're covering. But that guy on that goal said that the Red Sea parted and, and uh-huh. for the ball to go through it. And I really liked that one. Well done for that guy. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, think about Johnny Russell's finish, too, off the ball from Ndenbe. That was just a little subtle piece of skill. I'm pretty sure he meant it, too, though. Oh, yeah, definitely meant it. <laughs> he did. Yeah. On the foul... Let's go back to that foul on Eric Tommy, the VAR. Thad, after the game, we heard a kind of a unique line from Peter Vermees for the first time ever. He was pleased with VAR. Quote, thank God for VAR, unquote. <laughs> he actually said it twice, I think. He <laughs> did. It was uh, <laughs> twice in that quote. Thank God for VAR, because I am su- I was surprised it wasn't called during the regular play. It was so obvious. A little bit more stuff, and then thank God for VAR. <laughs> yeah, it that play felt like the couple times it's happened against St. Louis where we feel like we've got a foul on one end, it goes uncalled, and then they're instantly down at the other end and they're about to score. And, yeah, that's what Vermees was on about there was he just could not possibly understand and he felt like all everyone on the field kind of stopped playing and that's why they got all the way down there. But, yeah, VAR worked out on that one. We're seeing – I mean – Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. We're, it's just we're seeing a lot lately about VAR. Christian Pulisic was talking about it on uh, on the podcast with with Tim Ream, and he's just he's at the point where it's just like yeah, it's not it's not working well enough. So like let's just do away with it. And I think I, I get that sentiment, but if the calls are going to whatever, if technology is going to make it better, we need to use that technology. I understand the argument that maybe. It is not where we want it to be right now. So let's just make it better. I don't think we need to do away with it entirely. Just improve the processes and the protocols that these refs go through, at least in the meantime. And then over time, I think we'll just overall get better at it. Make make sure they communicate better about being offside or whether it was a goal or not. (laughs) No, I just mean on these, there, there are plays where even after it being reviewed, everyone, everyone looking at this play, sitting on their couch, can see the right call, and somehow VAR doesn't. They're just Whether it's more people involved, I don't have any solutions here. I'm not a referee. I don't have the solutions. And I'm also not saying we should do away with VAR. I do understand the frustration but it's just like, man, if we have the technology, you got to keep it there. You got to just get it right. We need to improve it, obviously. Robert, should we get rid of VAR? 
people on couches thinking they know better than everybody else. <laughs> Gee, that's shocking, isn't it? <laughs> but, you know, hey, maybe AI, this is the next evolution of AI. It takes over of our, you know, in soccer matches. I know you said that joking, but I'm not opposed to it. it if it's going to improve it, let's try it. I'm, I'm, try, I'm here for anything. If something is going to make the calls better, we get the, all the calls right, then I'm here for it. Were you know you joking, how harsh Robert? AI would be on, like, X goals? Yeah, that idiot should have scored that goal. Right. <laughs> no. I, I, you got to keep VAR, man. It's, it is technology that is improving things. It's just that when it's so blatantly wrong, it's so blatantly wrong. And the other thing is they have to speed the shit up. Speeding it up is another big one. And on the point about them, them getting them wrong, I think we're just taking for granted the number of times it does go right. The number of yeah. times that clearly yeah. obvious call was supported by VAR that they just missed. You just forget about those because they do get handled fairly quickly and there's no reason to, for them to stick out in your head but these yeah. ones obviously do it's it's like var is actually always there and almost always being right and almost always not interfering with the game but when it does it is really obvious and that's the problem Ob wait obvious that's a standard anyway um that's that's the issue i mean like even in the in WSL, like some of these VAR calls are like, it feels like it's four minutes long for somebody to go look at a replay that's pretty damn obvious. And it's so weird because everything that you just said of like, oh, they don't get it right every time. I feel like that was all things that people were saying in the argument against putting technology into sports. Like that was all the baseball people like, oh, they get it right most of the time. You're just focused on the on the ones they get wrong. But I, it, it's weird that we're how that conversation has evolved. We still have the same conversation, even with the technology mixed in. Because they're still humans. Exactly. Yeah. And even when it's all computers, there's still going to be problems because the computers are programmed by yep. humans until it's all AI. But hey, what about this thought, guys? And then it'll just kill are us. The, are the fates speaking through VAR? goes against us in St. Louis, but now it's on our side, and fate is that Sporting makes the playoffs. The soccer Just guy. Just St. Louis again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> the soccer gods work in mysterious ways, Robert. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, let's, let's talk about that race. We've got a week off here. The craziness of this finish of the season in MLS. We've got a weekend break from it. At least Sporting Kansas City does. There will be an important game to watch. They rescheduled Dallas and Colorado for this weekend. That one, we, all, we will need a loss on there. But the thing I want to get to is that I'm looking at seventh place. You guys are talking about worried about facing St. Louis in that first round. I'm looking at this table, and I see seventh place. Do you? Explain, please. <laughs> so, Robert, you, got, you have that uh, in front of you. Why don't you just succinctly tell us in the easiest terms what needs to happen for sporting kansas city well i'm taking this from uh, mr mike coon at down the byline um so sporting make the playoffs and, the, and cody this is just making the playoffs man this isn't seventh but uh if kc beat minnesota of course and dallas does not win either of the remaining games or san jose fails to win versus austin or portland fails to win versus houston so I think quicker to say that is San Jose, Portland, and Dallas. Those are the teams we're looking at. If yep. 
if any or all of those teams fail to win their remaining games, any of their remaining games, then we would leap in front of them. Dallas has those two games remaining. If they fail to win one of them, then we would be level on points. And assuming Sporting Kansas City wins, we have that, that first tiebreaker with wins on the, on the season. So we just need no wins from these three teams. And that seems quite doable to me, no? Well, they are crappy teams at the bottom of the playoff race, just like sporting. Yeah, but none of them are playing at the points per game rate that sporting has been playing since May, right? Very true. Well, both Portland and San Jose are at home. Portland is playing Houston, which is a tough team to play, even though they're at home. San Jose, however, is playing Austin. And Austin, Which isn't an ideal situation. Did Austin get officially eliminated? Yep, they're out. So they, they have nothing to play for. Yeah, they got except it. to play spoiler. Some teams want to do that. Right. Right. Some teams want to go out with us. You know, who knows how Josh Wolf is going to manage that team for this last game? So Thad, which of these three teams—Portland, San Jose, and Dallas—are you thinking Sporting Kansas City can sneak in front of? Or all of them, like me. Are you looking at seventh place like I am, buddy? I think Portland is the most likely just because because they play Houston, right? Right. That's- and Houston is still battling to potentially move up a spot, if I saw that correctly. Uh, Dallas could potentially lose both, but I doubt that they do. They, there's a reasonable chance they lose one, though. They don't need to lose both. They just need to not win either. They can draw both of them, and we would be level on points and then – Beat them on the tiebreaker. They draw one and win one. Then, then they're they ahead would, of us. Though. Then they would be in front of us. Yes, that's what I'm saying. They just cannot yeah. win either. Either of them. If Colorado beats Dallas, you know the fates are on our side. Yes, I mean, come on. <laughs> yes. Hey, go Diego Rubio. <laughs> right. <laughs> Robert, do you need to pay attention to your dog? Your poor dog over there. Yeah. What is going yeah, on? I think I do. I was just going to say something about that, Cody, but thanks. Let that poor back. dog outside. Get her a treat or something. Come on now. <laughs> so Colorado has, in their last five games, they have loss, loss, draw, win, loss. But I think the win was right after uh, their coach was fired, right? Yes, they had the feel-good win after firing a coach. Minnesota got the win this last game after firing Heath. So that's uh, that's been kind of the deciding factor for some of these teams. Yeah. And what, even D.C. United got the win this last weekend after Rooney. What are you saying, Thad? Are you saying what everyone on Reddit is saying? Why aren't we no. firing our coach? Yeah, well, that typically only lasts one or two games anyway, so. Cody wants us to fire Vermee so we get the new coach bump. <laughs> that is I just want to say that, by the way, David will pay my fine because, you know, he hasn't been here the last couple of times, so there you go. True that. <laughs> Do we have any discussion left about the current standings and all that? Any final thoughts on the remaining teams? I don't know if you guys said it while I was gone, but hey, I'm glad we're not DC just sitting there in a playoff spot, but knowing we're not going to stay there. <laughs> that is pretty crazy. Good shout on that. Another one that yeah. Mike that Mike pointed out on Twitter was DC was currently in a playoff spot with the 
X next to their name or the E mm-hmm. next to their name for having already been eliminated and only in MLS. I don't see that possible <laughs> in any other league in the world. It's just because of how they sort the damn standings. It's stupid, but much like live standings, I hate live standings. So now, how would Cody feel if Wayne Rooney became the next sporting Kansas City coach? Mm. <laughs> Not that that will happen. I'm Wayne Wayne doesn't feel like the right fit for here. Did you hear, <laughs> did you hear his comments after he left? He was kind of just he seems very done with coaching. Like he's like he's like happy for my time there. I'm glad I did it. But uh, it's time. I'm leaving. It's time. I don't even. Is he gonna c- keep coaching? I don't even know if he will. I don't know. Division three somewhere. I he don't strikes know. me. He made so much money. Wayne, just go retire somewhere, my man. What are you doing? Some some people just want to stay connected to the game, though. I mean. Okay, so the last part of this conversation for this pod. Um, I don't know if we need to come back later in the week with it being an off week, but we'll definitely we'll definitely come back next Monday after the off week. So, what do you can got uh, can, can I throw out just one little interesting bit of trivia? Or at least it was to me. Yeah. Uh, Justin Glad is the one that got the red card, right? Yes. He just signed an extension for RSL like the week before. So <laughs> good move, RSL. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I kind of felt bad for Justin Glad on that one. That wasn't his bad pass that created it. He just had to prevent the goal somehow. <laughs> well, he he lost the ball. He lost possession from the pressure of it. Yeah. Well, it w- wasn't it a bad pass? Am I just remembering that correctly? Someone put him in a very bad spot with a pass. I thought his coach. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, I'm also very glad that Sporting won because Pitch Black Friday Night will be a much more a joyous event than it would have been if they had lost and been out of the playoffs. So, are you are you going? Yes, I will be there. Is this nice. like a sales pitch for people? Can you like have a little code pop up to like fund you now since yeah. you've been promoting the the event? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just glad it's all personal, you know, all selfish. So the last conversation here, I think a conversation I have seen a lot of, we've had it ourselves, people are texting me about it, is this idea of our of sporting Kansas City fans. At this point, after this season, rooting for Sporting Kansas City to not make the playoffs. And that it somehow is, the idea behind this is that it's related to Peter Vermees and we, and, and us wanting to see some bad results or put pressure on the ownership in some way. Thad, where do you stand with all this? Do you think that there, that it makes a difference because for me, I'm going to all preamble it for you here. For me, it's this run. every all, The whole conversation we've been having the last however many weeks that they're in this fight. They were one of the best teams in the Western Conference since May. To me, whether they make the playoffs or not, I don't think that changes anything in the ownership's minds, the powers that be, the decision makers. I don't think, I, I don't think that changes anything. Do you? I don't think it changes anything. The only chance it changes anything is if they actually go on a deep run. Maybe that, right? Like, if maybe that reinforces him staying more. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but if you know, if they go into the playoffs and you know everybody thinks, oh, they'll be one and done in the playoffs, which isn't necessarily a true statement. But it, I just don't think that that would make the big difference right there. They, the ownership know what they've done. They know how Peter's yeah. done. They know what he's had to do it with. And they know that it's not, 
they, like they're not happy with it. Like I think no. the idea that they'll make the playoffs and be like, ah, okay, we're all happy. This is fine. We don't need to do anything different. I just don't see that. Robert, where are you at with this? Well, I read the whole discussion that you guys were having on Slack about it. And Cody, I, I agree with you. Um, they, they've earned this possibility to make the playoffs. They've, you know, like you said, they've had one of the top records in the West since what May. Mm-hmm. And, um, They've shown that they can play good soccer and winning soccer with all their players. It's just, I think a lot of people are fed up with, okay, so why were we so bad without our top players? That's a roster construction issue, which still hasn't been fixed in the center back position. You could argue has not been fixed either. So these are still just nagging things that people want fixed, but um, you know, sporting has always been a team who their attack is big part of their defense. Because when you've got our attack firing on all cylinders, we keep the ball well. You know, we create a lot of opportunities, and it kind of gloats, you know, glows over a couple of those deficiencies. So they've earned this spot. I don't think it's going to make any difference whether they make the playoffs or not, as far as the direction of the team goes. And uh, you know, good for them that they've gotten to this position. I do. I just want to make one kind of counter. Um, and then I might even counter myself again, but to say that they haven't fixed the roster construction issue of missing two players, if you look at it from the perspective of this year, it's they got been fixed. It's been fixed, but um, just by the fact that they showed up, they went out and got Rosero when they were they lost a Courtney Ford and things like that. But they also were hamstrung by their own, you know, trying to keep players and having a good roster. So it was an easy thing to do. So like even next year, it's not going to be a big, easy change. I mean, I've seen people even in our Slack channel, oh, they just need to cut all the dead weight. You can't just cut all the dead weight. Right. It doesn't work that way. You have guaranteed contracts. You can't just say, oh, hey, you five guys are gone. I don't care. They can just sit there and be paid and you won't get anything out of it. So it's not as easy as it just always seems. But again, I don't want to completely defend them because they knew last year that it was an issue missing two of their best players, but they did go get Tommy. They did go get Willie Agata, and then it looked better. I just the, the the one answer that can't be explained is when they finished so well last season. Mm-hmm. Why did the first ten games go so poorly with the same essential roster? That is the real question there, and I I think it goes to just you. They got some bad results, and they just went. It was a mental issue. I. I don't really know if they have a sports psychologist, but they sure as hell need one or need a better one if they don't have one. Well, I think rooting against your team Boo. is just like that actively makes you no longer a fan. And and like that's that's not to say I don't get it. I said on this podcast like not very long ago, man, I don't even know. Is this dumb to even hope that they make the playoffs? I understand this sentiment. I do. After that Nashville loss, I felt like this team just doesn't deserve it. But for me to actively turn and just root against my team from winning and just go against what being a fan is, I just don't think we are at that point. I think that's the disconnect from us on this show and people on Reddit maybe who are anti-Vermise is... I just don't see it as, like, yes, this was the worst season we had ever had. That was a terrible start, all of that. But this idea that Vermees has ruined this club and put us into these, we're a joke of a, of a club, we can't do anything, and 
it's, it's offensive and he should be ashamed of putting this product in front of our fans for the last however many years. I just can't get on board with that. There's been a lot of winning. And as we can see right now in, in the MLS table, two or three points can make you jump five or six places. And that's been the same thing in past years. So, you know, if you want to look at like just the trophies or their exits in the playoffs – then you can make an argument that that doesn't look good. But you, in order to do that, you are actively ignoring a lot of winning over the whole course of regular seasons and that they were, you know, two points off from getting a bye in the first round, but two points off from getting that bye means they were in fifth place or whatever. I think a lot of fans will look at it, and I, I don't necessarily agree with this way, but is you if you're not at the top, then you're failing. Yeah. And teams go through cycles. Teams, I mean, it. how rare is it to have any team be at the top for X number of years? And really, it's, I mean, even like EPL, where you had Manchester United at the top for how many years uh, under Sir Alex and, you know, having lots of money to spend. And now it's changed with Man City up there with one of the best coaches in the world and tons of money to spend. It, But when you're talking about salary cap leagues and ones who, who – want to have uh parity so that you can go from the bottom to the top i mean fc cincinnati has been they've won more supporters or uh, they've won more wooden spoons than most people have in their drawers at home in their kitchen right so <laughs> i was trying to look for a good analogy and i just did, did that didn't work <laughs> uh, but so and now they're supporter shield winners. So any time that you don't go, if you're not always at the top, it, some fans are going to look at it as you're terrible. And I've, I mean, maybe it's just because I'm old and I've supported teams that have been really good and really bad in my lifetime. The same cycle of teams, players, coaches, you know, they uh, of I root for teams like good every decade and bad every de- other decade, you know. So it's just it's part of the cycle. That doesn't mean you accept it, but I'm I just can't say, oh, I hope this team loses. I can be apathetic and not care they lose yeah, if they've been yeah. playing so bad, but I just can't root for a team that I support to lose. And especially when it's this very specific thing of like maybe next year at some point when things are struggling, it might make them, you know, say, oh, let's just screw it. We should pay this guy more money just so we can get him. I don't. It's just. I, I get it. I get the logic there. There's just not enough for me to just turn and like actively root against my team from winning this one last game. Because the hope that you would have for rooting against them is that it would be we would be in a position to make the playoffs in years in the future. And this is right there. We're right there. You would get that ever coveted draft pick to be better by losing. I mean, if you you know, <laughs> if you're in the NBA, maybe you want to like drop a couple spots to get a better draft pick or something like that. But that doesn't work in MLS. Are you saying the MLS super draft doesn't have value, Thad? It doesn't have a lot. <laughs> and it's getting well, less every what, year. Well, I tell you what, we've always talked about how sporting is just a weird team in, in results. Say we win this last game, which we will. We'll have 12 wins. That is the fourth most wins in the Western Conference. Could wow. be. But we also have 14 losses, Yeah, which is the third in amount of losses. So that's sporting for you right there. <laughs> so yes, it is. failed to get draws. 
is the problem. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even even looking like the supporter shield standing, Sporting's middle of the pack, seventeenth, tied for seventeenth with Montreal right now. Uh, if you're just going on points, which I mean isn't great. I mean, I'm not trying to like defend it as like, oh, they've done great because obviously they have not done as good as we want them to. But, well, you want to know what I think it is? Why people, the people who are rooting against sporting, you want to know what I think it is? They personally don't like Peter. Well, yes, that, but it's about being wrong about the beginning of the season. All the yelling they did, the Vermees out, how terrible of a team they were saying we had, how horrible of roster construction this all must be. They can't, they, if this, if sporting makes the playoffs, then they're just wrong. In my opinion, they've already been proven wrong. I've already taken a very personal, quiet victory lap on not uh, ending my support for this team. Because, yeah, just that's all you need to say. Since May, they have been one of the best teams, if not the best team, according to points, uh, in, in the Western Conference. So I don't know what else we could have we hoped for after this besides them being one of the best teams to close out the season. Robert, so where, where do you stand with this? Are you taking a victory lap? You were you never really lost support. We were known as like Vermees apologists around here. That's that's the side that we were put on. But it, has the team done enough already? Like does has Vermees shown that not all was lost and that the team he put together wasn't terrible and all of this? Yeah, I mean you you made it pretty clear cut with your words, which I don't think you mean it clear cut as in they've redeemed themselves fully because. Right. No, not fully. No, they have not. But uh, certainly, Peter showed that with his first team roster, um, the results have come. Okay, let me, let me rephrase business it. This is a results-oriented business, and that's what matters. Let me rephrase it. I'm not, not that they've redeemed themselves. I'm just saying that the people who were chanting Vermees out at a game, I'm saying they mm-hmm. were wrong. Are, are we wrong? Has enough been shown that they were wrong to be acting like that? Yeah, I believe so. I that, mean, can you blame them for acting like that? No, oh, I'm not. I'm not blaming. The start, them. yeah. I'm just right. saying. I'm just saying. I I stuck strong, and I and I'm personally taking a victory lap about it. I will say they were wrong to have went that far that soon, in my opinion. Again, this is just my opinion. So, it's. I do understand why people were wanting to maybe see a change, but. You still, I, I just don't, I I really detest the, we have to like change managers when you have a bad year. Yeah. I know, oh, two out of three. Okay. That's, but you still got to look at the history of the team and the, and the, the results over time. Yeah. If he continues to have bad results, yeah, he should be gone. Mm-hmm. But he, I think he's been there long enough to earn a lot of leeway. And if you don't respect that, then I don't think you're respecting the history of your own club. Yeah, and to at this point to still be saying Vermees out or want Vermees out is to just you have to just be ignoring so much. You have to be ignoring the finish to the last season. You have to be ignoring the majority of this season, and and that and you have to act like losing your two best players for season long injuries is not a big deal. So I get it, Robert. You said it earlier on you can have questions about why was it so bad? It should not have gotten that bad. And that is of course all very true. And I don't think losing or winning this next game is going to make the the powers that be 
decide one way or the other on that. I think they've already seen enough that, oh, yeah, okay, he didn't put together an absolutely terrible team. It's actually one of the best teams in the league right now. Or they've already seen enough to say he hasn't been consistently putting them together and we're going to make a change. And the only way that that one would change is if they made a deep run in the playoffs at that point. So it's either or. I'm not saying there's only one way for the ownership to look at this at this point. That's true. I could see them seeing it differently because for them, they have, for the ownership, they need to win fans back a little bit. I mean, it sucks, but they do need to win them back. They need to have fans be on their side. The the there's been games this year that have been absolutely a lame atmosphere, and I think part of that is just how the team has been. Mm-hmm. And there's been a, a a malaise since the pandemic years. I think it, it just that hit hard, and fans haven't been back the same quite since then. And I, there's and just, a lot of factors to it. And to add what you're saying, I don't think it's just about they need to win fans back with how they look on the field. I think there's a lot of things. It's it's organizational wide. I think people see some staleness or uh, you know a yes. lack of caring there, about fans etc that that's what i think ne- does need to change there's a lot of that but winning will make all that other stuff mm-hmm. seem less important mm-hmm. i mean if if you're going to games and winning 3-1 almost every home game you know the quality of the chicken tenders and curly fries is not going to be your utmost <laughs> importance yeah you just go someplace else and get food before you go to the game uh it's so yeah, so, well, so Thad, I'm glad you mentioned home, Thad, because we have the second most amount of losses at home in the Western Conference. Yeah, yeah, which means they're a reasonably decent road team, right? <laughs> uh, no, no, <laughs> that was season. just the second win or the third win of the third, season on third, the road. Yeah, God, yeah. I was just trying to see what I could get out of there. Uh, <laughs> so, in summation, if Sporting lose this game. You're not going to get your wish, and Vermees is not going to get fired. So, and I'm not talking to you there, Thad. I'm talking to uh, the amalgam that is a, Ver- a Vermees hater. So they're, <laughs> you're not, you're not going to get your wish that Vermees will get fired. So don't actively root against your team. How about that? How, how many coaches have been fired this year? A you lot. Know? A lot. At least four. Rooney. Keith. Rooney. Uh, help me out here. Okay. Um, do we need Sabarese? And who is the other one? That's I can't remember. That I, I was I was I, I asked the question I don't know the answer to. So thank you, you for that. Find me. loves when people do that on the pod. You can find me, <laughs> and Greenwald will send you a check. Um, <laughs> I, I I do. I went into that question knowing that I would get called out for it, and that Greenwald would have to pay the fine. <laughs> so interesting thing, though, in the. 2023 MLS year end awards, the Siggy Schmidt MLS coach of the year nominees, Wayne Rooney and Adrian Heath are both in there. Oh my Didn't God. They list everybody though. <laughs> no, not everybody no, no, is no. in there. Well, no, let's back up. Was it Paulo Nagamura at Houston? No, he was fired last year. Oh, okay. Yeah. That feels like a long time ago. Okay. Yeah. Cause Ben, Ben Olson's had him all this year. What okay. happened to Naga after that? Did he go somewhere else? He's made public appearances at sporting games to hold trophies. Okay. <laughs> and he did say he would willingly come on the pod, so we... Okay, let's get some Naga on here. There's that. Um, yeah, I don't remember who the other one was, but there's quite a few people in this potential list of Coach of the Year nominees, so including Peter. All right, boys. 
How are we feeling about Dallas, Colorado? Do you think Colorado can uh, can save us a point here? No. No. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. We don't even need Dallas. We got two other exactly. options out of it. Exactly. We got to get one of them, and it would be nice to have Dallas out already. So I will be rooting for Colorado. I do have a Colorado t- t- t-shirt. It's not Colorado the team. It's just Colorado, you know, <laughs> our state. Our cup runneth <laughs> over works. with chances. I feel very good about this. Maybe I not hope seventh. you're not eating your words in two weeks. I think I think I might have talked myself out of seventh because of Dallas. We're going to really need an epic collapse from them. We're getting in there. We're getting in there. I'm looking at eighth now. Eighth would be nice to host the play-in game, you know? Right. And yeah. then not have to play. Oh, no, that would still be playing St. Louis, wouldn't it? Right. Yeah. And that's the ultimate dream story would be to make the playoffs, knock St. Louis out of the playoffs. But that would be amazing. But the ultimate worst thing would be to get in there after all of this and then just get beat by St. Louis again. And that's why <laughs> sports are amazing. It would yes. be the worst <laughs> thing and it would be the best thing. Because – no, that's Cody, not just getting beat, losing four nothing or four one again. That would be worse. I can't. I couldn't do it. My heart you know, couldn't I'd, take it. I think <laughs> I did joke earlier this a couple weeks ago or recently that at the rate that Sporting's played, it was four zero, then it was four one. You know, a couple years, Sporting will be able to get it up to four four per game. <laughs> Maybe the, playing them in the playoffs will help accelerate that rate. Right. That's true. That's true. <laughs> it's hard to beat a team three times in one season is something I was used to say in sports uh, in, in my my playing career. So I like that. I'm going to hold that one true. Hard to beat a team if, three times in one season. If sporting uh, plays let's beat Minnesota Willis. first, shall we? <laughs> See how quickly we're moving past this last game? <laughs> if sporting played St. Louis, one team would have to beat the other at least three times. <laughs> Just, so. Well, twice. We've only beat them well, once, though. I know, but... If we were to advance by them, we would have to beat them three times in a season, and oh, they would oh, have yes. to beat us four oh. times. I see what you're saying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's simple math, and it doesn't mean anything to anybody but me. So. <laughs> okay, well, thank you for adding it to the podcast. <laughs> okay, any final thoughts here? Congrats, John Bullskamp, for making the under-23 Olympic camp. I don't know. Yeah. And Busio. Yeah, shout-out to Bullskamp. Busio got a goal. Was that the first goal Busio scored in like a million years? Seems like it. For a year or so. Both of, both of them called up to the U23 team. Nice. For the Olympics. Big Bear. Sporting. Yeah.